Hey there, I'm Beverly Sartain, and this is the Holistic Coach Legacy Podcast, where you get support in being an impactful and confident coach. In today's episode, we are connecting with Daniel Blanchard. We're going to be talking about the importance of finding community. We hope that this episode inspires you and encourages you to find a community that works for you. Whether that's a recovery community, a type one, type two diabetes community, or some other community that you might need, we are encouraging you to connect with others. Thank you for being here, enjoy. Welcome, Danielle. I'm super excited and happy that we are getting together here today and to chat about finding community. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, like we've been connected now on the Holistic Coach Network. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thrilled that like things have evolved. And here we are getting to talk about your coaching and and what you're up to. So our listeners always enjoy hearing a bit of your background or your backstory. So um, we'd love to start there. What would you like to share with us? Yeah, so we ended up, you and I ended up meeting a couple years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And at that time, I wasn't coaching, but it was my dream to start coaching. Um, I just recently opened my practice, which is diabetes motivational coaching. I work with people with diabetes, um, whether they're stuck in a rut or they're hoping to open a new business or they're just looking to improve their health and wellness goals. And I've had um, clients sign up and some of them are like just diabetes. They want to get out of what we call diabetes burnout. And some of them are just, I want to start a business. I want to change my life. And, um, so that both those areas have been really great. Um, I myself was diagnosed with diabetes when I was only 16 months old. Um, I was basically like losing weight at 16 months, you know, uh, 16 month year olds don't really lose that much weight. I was throwing up. I was really sick. My parents brought me to the doctor and uh, the doctor said, oh, she probably just has a flu. Take her home and give her some ginger ale, which if you know anything about diabetes, taking sugar when you're mm-hmm. <laughs> is just not great with, um, with no insulin. And so um, that only made things worse. I was wet in the bed. I was lethargic. I had blurry vision. They knew something was really wrong. Um, so they took me to the doctor and they refused to leave until they figured out what was going on. Um, long story short, they checked my blood sugar and it was over 800 and they diagnosed me with diabetes. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And I find it so powerful when we can go through our own life experiences and then we get to serve and support people around those life experiences. What makes it so meaningful for you in terms of what you're doing now? Yeah, that's a great question. I, um... For myself, growing up with diabetes, I looked around and I felt like I was the only one in the world that was living with this. And it's a lot to live with. You know, things pop up whenever you eat, whenever you exercise. You go high, you go low, you get stressed. Sometimes you feel like you're low and you're not. There's just so many times during the day that I have to think about diabetes. And so feeling like I was the only one, 
was just not a great way to be living life. Mm-hmm. Um, my doctors told me about a camp called the Barton Center for Diabetes Education. And they told my parents, and I was about six years old when I could have started going. And I was like, no, no, you can't make me. Big fight. It wasn't until I was eight years old that my parents felt like it was the best decision for me. So they ended up sending me, even though I was against, against, against. I remember just walking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes, you know, parents have to make the decision for their kids. So, But how come you were against it? Oh, how come I was against it? I thought you said, oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was against it because I was scared to go somewhere new. Um, Mm -hmm. I was scared to leave my parents. You know, having diabetes, I mean, just kids are scared to leave their parents sometimes. But having diabetes kind of taught me that they had to be there to take care of me. They had to be there to see what I was eating, to give me my insulin. And so there weren't many other people who could take care of me. And so just thinking of going somewhere that I didn't know anybody was really scary for me. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so, you know, we're here today to talk about this topic of finding community. And Mm -hmm. so I'm already starting to hear why this topic is important to you. And I'm curious what else comes through for you in terms of like why this is a topic you like to speak about. Yeah. So community is so important for me. Like I said, because I felt so alone, it wasn't until I stepped foot on camp, I looked around, I saw all the other people who knew what it was like to wake up in the middle of the night with a low blood sugar, knew what it was like to have to prick your fingers. And it was actually the people who didn't have diabetes that were like the odd one out in this situation. So it was the only place that I could go where I felt like everybody else. Um, And that experience just changed. It was formative for me. Um, So I've continued to live my life in a way that to try and make other people feel empowered and and involved, not just with diabetes, but also um, I'm a part of a mom's club where moms of um, preschool and younger age children get together to to just realize that they're not the only ones going through all these things. So yeah, that's for, wonderful. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, so for the community and the diabetes, I actually created a support group. Seven years ago, when I was pregnant with my second child, I created a support group for adults with type 1 diabetes in Massachusetts. It's called the Massachusetts Type 1 Diabetes Meetup, and it's on Facebook. We have about 450 members right now, so that's really exciting. Incredible. Um, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) A lot of people in the group, um, well, they're all adults. And as you may know, um, type 1 diabetes, what used to be thought of as juvenile diabetes. But there's new findings out that actually 50% of people diagnosed with type 1 are above the age of 18. And for myself, being diagnosed as a kid, I was able to have those experiences that that are just set up for you. People know that you need community as a kid. But when people are diagnosed as an adult, they don't have that they're just not as cute. No, yeah. <laughs> people don't, um, people aren't as passionate about, about continuing to help people when they become adults. And so, um, I created this group and a lot of people tell me it's the first time that they ever met another person with diabetes. And wow. that's just unbelievable to me. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, I just applaud you, Thank for, you. for setting all this up. And I think, 
the reason why I felt called for us to do this particular topic too is because we we have a lot of people in our community that are in the recovery community mm-hmm. uh, where the sentiment, you know, is that we're all recovering from something that that principle comes from She Recovers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a community of coaches that come together in the Holistic Coach Network. So it's an interesting thing, like, to build community and to be in community. And it's so important. And, and to your point, we see now more and more that it's harder for adults to build friendships right. with people. And so I love the point that you're making that maybe when we're younger, there's more things set up for us to connect with community and build friendships with people. Whereas adults, it's much harder to do that. So I just love that you're facilitating that space. Danielle, anything else come through for you when you hear me reflect all that? Yes. Um, It's interesting because a lot of people with diabetes, there's a higher likelihood that they're going to turn to drugs or alcohol and also fight with depression. So I wonder if some of your listeners are also dealing with diabetes themselves, whether it be type Mm -hmm. one or type two. Um, So that's just something that I- That that was coming through. Yeah. Yeah, that was coming through for me. That's really, really fascinating. Um, and whether it's diabetes or some other condition, you know, I can, with these things all overlap and are right. interconnected. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, now that I know that you have created this, this community and group of people, I'm, I'm fascinated. And the fact that you've had to be part of community or, or, or been part of community, what do you feel like, I'll ask you first, what were you looking for when you were looking for community yourself? I just felt a hole in my heart. I just felt like I was the only one and that no one else understood. So I was just looking for a group of people who really understood what I was going through. And a lot of people don't even realize that that is a need for them until they have the opportunity to talk to people who, I just keep saying, understand what they're going through. Yeah. And I, I would ask the same question and it might be a similar answer, but when people come into your community and your group, what do they say that they were looking for in terms of community? Yeah. So a lot of people, when they come into our group, I, it's a matter of, I've been dealing with this my whole, however long, you know, it could be three years, it could be 13, could be their whole life on my own. And just to ask a question out in the world and have other people say, yeah, I'm dealing with that too. Or this is how I went through it because I've been dealing with it for so much longer has made them just, um, has made them, (laughs) has made them feel more complete. Yeah. Like it's a whole another level of being seen and heard. Exactly. Thank you so much. When somebody like gets you know, the experience. Out of curiosity, what type of activities do you do? Yeah. In we, your go, group? we go out to um, just meetups. So we go out to eat dinner. We've realized that some of our people, um, you know, due to complications, driving at night is a little bit ch- t- more challenging for them. And so we've started doing daytime events. Um, we usually, it's free to come. They just have to pay for what they eat. 
usually we have about 15 members. And so that's actually, to me, it's impressive because we started out, we were having like five people come to an event. So 15 is excellent. It's surprising to me a lot. It, we're about half guys and girls now. It used to be in just the world, I think, that girls were the ones looking for support and able yeah. to say that they needed it. And now we're getting men joining us who are um, who are showing how much they're benefiting from communicating with others that are dealing with the same thing. That's wonderful to hear that more more people are getting involved and more people that are identifying as male are getting involved. Yeah. Like that's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic. What would you say are three benefits that um, somebody that isn't part of a community right now might receive? from joining or finding a community? Well, they might receive tips and tricks, just, Mm -hmm. you know, hearing Mm -hmm. people who have been through it already. um, The experience, you know, can really um, benefit somebody who hasn't been through those things. Another thing they would receive is just that it's really hard to explain because it's, it's just a feeling in in my heart. <laughs> it's yeah, just a feeling yeah. in my stomach and my heart that is in for other people too that makes you feel connected. Yeah. Um and the third thing that they would appreciate from joining a community uh, That's a good question because I think it's the feeling in your heart and it's the tips and tricks and Yeah, and I'm almost like hearing belonging. Yes. Like a, like a belonging, um, you know, again, like feeling seen and heard and that people really get, get the experience you're going through. Anything else? Yeah. I would just like to say that, you know, for everybody, it's really important. Um, the motivational coaching that I do when they, you know, they, they see their life in front of them and it can look a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so I like to talk to people about like, where do you want to be? And just visualizing that. And if you can visualize where you want to be, then think about what am I going to be proud of when I get to that spot? And what am I going to look back on and say that I have accomplished? And so when you're looking at it from the opposite end, like you already did it, you know, you can kind of see the action steps that you took along the way to mm-hmm. get there. And just the importance of having them be small action steps that are going to give you the confidence to make those bigger jumps. Wonderful. What were some of the ways that you went about finding community for yourself? Because you've shared like about being younger Mm -hmm. and going to camp. I'm wondering how you've continued over the years finding community for yourself. Well, for me, I'm the type to build the community if yeah, it's me not too. there. <laughs> me too, totally. So I'm just like, okay, it's not there enough for me. I'm going to build it. <laughs> um, so, and I'm usually like, I'm a leadership type person. Mm-hmm. So if I do join a community that's already there, like the mom's club that I was a part of, I was the president. So, <laughs> um, so throughout my life, I've definitely found that community has benefited me. So whether it was a, I was a new mom or living with diabetes, I also live with celiac disease. Um, I, you know, just as a person, I've struggled with depression and anxiety. And so there's a lot of things that I have the opportunity to be a part of a community for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It, it's wonderful that I'm feeling you on that. I'm the same way. And I think it's as good for listeners to hear because I think a lot of us that get into coaching, we might be the people that are building the communities. Right. I always tried to do when I first started was utilize the communities that were already in place. Yeah. And kind of leverage those communities because like having a community of my own, like, like we need people to come on the podcast. We right. want people to, you know, participate in different ways. So it really, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, and that's always good for people to remember that when you're reaching out, like people are actually looking for right. you to join in and participate. I think that's always important to remember. Um, so we're, we're maybe the people that are going to create the communities and maybe you're listening and you're one of those people too. Uh, for somebody who maybe isn't someone who's going to create the community, what are some ways that you maybe suggest somebody find communities yeah. out there? Well, one thing I want to start with um, is that, you know, as a person thinking about seeking help, a lot of times people feel like they don't want to ask for help or they don't know where to turn or they don't want to be a burden, something like that, you know? Um, but imagine yourself as the person to be the helper in those situations. Mm -hmm. If someone came up to you and asked that question, you would be more than happy to give them the answers. So when people say, oh, I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to be a burden. I just ask them to turn it around and think of how they would feel if somebody asked them. I usually feel like empowered and excited and um, just really happy that I can help somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot the question you just asked. Yeah, <laughs> can you ask it again? Of course. It's, it's like if somebody wasn't the person that was okay. going to create the community, mm -hmm. then, you know, how would somebody go about starting to find community? Yeah. There's a lot of Facebook groups and meetup groups. Even somebody's made the community typically, you know, and, and for us, we just had to make more of a niche community within mm -hmm. that. Um, and so just doing a quick internet search usually pops up many different opportunities to join. Yeah, absolutely. So being there's tons of Facebook groups is what I'm hearing. Yes, there's meetup groups. Um, there's ways to research online yeah. where, where these groups might be um, either locally. Uh, now, of course, there's lots of things online. Um, mm -hmm. So you don't even have to go like in person. I know right. that there are lots of people that are craving in person. So it's, that's what's so beautiful about it is I think you can – really, you know, connect with yourself and what you are looking for and then find something that's going to be a good match for you. The most important thing for me is that community is important. Right. And um, whether that's with a handful of people or a larger group of people, it is important to connect with others mm -hmm. um, so that we're not just by ourselves or feeling lonely or, you know, feeling like we have to go it alone. Yeah. Um, so I think that is always important. Um, and that's why, connected. that's why I feel like the pandemic was so hard for me and so many people because we lost that community. 
And some people are still trying to learn how to get back out of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a great point. So how are you using your coaching in terms of working with the diabetes community? Yeah, so I love, I love coaching. I like, (laughs) I like, can't think of anything better to do with my life. I'm so happy. Uh, So basically what it's about is I motivate people with diabetes. I think of the different, I listen to their stories and just like um, the other coaches do, I ask them questions because I know that the answers are inside them. Uh, they ju- we just have to be able to find them together. I'm kind of walking next to them as we get through this path. It makes me feel so proud. Like I, I get on the phone with people and I- there was a woman recently, we do, we do um, Zoom or meets, whatever works better for them. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman recently who I could see at the beginning of the call, she looked defeated. And then as the call went on, I could see her energy change. And it just made me so happy. And by the end of the call, she was like, thank you so much. I now feel like I have these, you know, maybe she said she has these action items. Yeah. And for some people that might feel a bit overwhelming, but for her, it was like, I can take the steps moving in the right direction. Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it's just getting clear on what the steps need to be. And then they're able to follow through on those yeah. things. That's wonderful. I love hearing how your energy goes I know. up <laughs> as you're talking about it. And you always have such great energy. You know? Thank you. That's always something I appreciate about you is like, there's this like enthusiasm and passion and those are all wonderful qualities. Thank you so much. Have. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, if you were going to invite the listeners into something or provide something, what might that be, if anything? Mm-hmm. Well, everybody has somebody with diabetes in their life. If they, you know, think about it a little bit, it's going to be somebody with type one or type two or gestational. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anybody that they know with diabetes, I'm offering a free consult call. And 100% of the people who have been through the consult call with me have said that they've received value from this. Yeah. And so I love doing the consult calls because I'm it's taking 20 minutes to make a difference in somebody's life. Like love that. Yeah. <laughs> um and then if they want to sign up for the package, then that's excellent too. The other thing that I want to make sure that people get, I want to make sure that they know about my website. It's www.dmcoaching.com. That's DM, like diabetes motivational. And then my email address is, (laughs) sorry, it's mydmcoaching.com. Wonderful. At gmail.com. Oh my God, I totally messed that up. Let me try it. (laughs) (laughs) My email address is mydmcoaching at gmail.com. Wonderful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to put all this in the show notes too. So people have that and they can see it and it's all good. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned something earlier at the beginning, diabetes burnout, I think is what you said. And I was really actually curious about what that means. Yeah. So diabetes burnout is something that I'd say everybody with diabetes goes through at some point because a lot of people with diabetes and a lot of people without diabetes feel like they have to reach perfection. 
And when you're trying to reach perfection every day and you see a number on your blood glucose monitor or on your Dexcom that says that you're out of range, it's just, um, it's just really challenging because diabetes is not a perfect disease. It's never one plus one equals two. Um, you could have one thing, you could have oatmeal for breakfast one day, end up in an in-range number and have oatmeal for breakfast the next day and end up, you know, high or low. And so it's really, really frustrating. Um, so diabetes burnout is basically just the feeling that you can't keep it up anymore. And something that can get you out of diabetes burnout is definitely community. Understanding mm -hmm. that other people have been through this and how they've got out of diabetes burnout is just so important. Yeah, that's super cool. Because I heard you say that that's something that you coach around. Yes. Um, like something that's very specific to the diabetes. And then the other things you coach around is maybe somebody that's wanting to make some life change. Yes. Um, or go, you know, create something yeah. for themselves. Be yeah. Because diabetes is everywhere when you have it in your life. You know, we call it a family disease because everybody in the family um, is is dealing with diabetes in some way. Um, and also it's everywhere in your life. So when you are trying to start a new career and you're thinking, should I tell my manager before I get hired or after I get hired, or do I tell my manager at all? When you're thinking of adding a child possibly into your family, um, whether you're adopting or, or pregnancy yourself, you just need to think about how those different activities are going to affect your blood sugar and what you're able to add on um, and what coping skills you'll be able to add on to make yeah. sure that that's possible. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's top of mind mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. the time. And so you can't take yeah. a break. Yeah. And so that's why to me, having said that, it's really important to have a strong support system. Yes. and community in place. And a coach could be part of that support system. Community of people could be a part of that support system. Your doctor, many people could be part of that support system. Right. Like but, when the people that you surround yourself with are who you're going to be more likely to become. And so if you're surrounding yourself with positive, healthy people um, and people who are going through the same challenges, but on a road to on a road to recovery or finding their best life, then I think that that's the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is the legacy that you are creating with your coaching practice? Yeah. Thank you. Um, it just makes me, I'm like smiling from ear yeah. to ear thinking about this. <laughs> um, so the legacy that I want to create is having people understand that they're not alone. Having people be able to get a coach or a mentor or a or just a support system and come into that when they're diagnosed you know being able to not have to spend those years feeling like the only one um i want to create a legacy where there are more coaches to be able to pass down this knowledge and this understanding um i have dreams of you know being able to train the trainer mm -hmm. so that anybody who needs it can be coached that's great. Those are wonderful, wonderful intentions. And I'm so happy to see you walking your path and fulfilling your own dreams because that's 
one of the ways I think we can support other people is by being the demonstration of it. And I see you doing that. Yeah. yeah, I often say, you know, you want to inspire and empower others, but I feel so inspired and empowered through the work I'm doing myself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I can totally relate to what you're saying. That's why I always say about coaching is, is really this self-actualization of the coach and self-actualization of the client all happening at the same time. And it's such a great experience. So I know you mentioned um, your website and your email. Um, Any other ways in terms of like if somebody wanted to connect with your diabetes community, um, where might they do that? Yeah. So um, the Massachusetts type one diabetes meetup is on Facebook. Um, And that, sadly, that's only for Massachusetts. I just started one for Southern New Hampshire. So that's called the Southern New Hampshire Type 1 Diabetes Meetup. Um, oh, another thing I want to tell you that's not to help me, but to help people with uh, diabetes children, um, the Barton Center for Diabetes Education, which I attended for 22 years, is offering a free camp session to every child who comes to camp for the first time. Nice. Can you even believe free camp? It's crazy. I can't believe it. Yeah. That's wonderful. We'll throw that resource into the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then people can can check that out. Um, well, any any parting words as we wrap up our episode? Well, just thank you so, so much for having me. I feel like I sort of manifested a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think I saw that you were posting on social media that you yeah. were looking for that. And and so therefore You gotta ask, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my and, gosh, it's so awesome. But that's how it works. And that's that's to me this community. Mm-hmm. You know, like that to me is the community of coaching. Like I'm always up for connecting people, lifting people, referring people. It's like it's got its own energy to it. Yes. And when you can be in that kind of energy of being somebody who does that for others, like you receive some of that energy as well. And so I feel like that's probably what all this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely feel that. That's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, for talking about how community has been important to you and just for us to encourage other people to find community. I'll just take a moment to say, if you're not part of the Holistic Coach Network and you would like to be, I invite you in to that community of people. I will throw that link in the show notes as well. And, you know, if, if, what we're talking about, our communities are not for you. Just just find something that is, you know, find something that is. And for a lot of people, that might be a new hobby or something that they're interested in or something that makes them enjoy life. And we are all for that. Thank you for being here, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. If there's only one thing to take away from today's episode, it is to find community. And if for some reason you aren't seeing that community that you really want to be a part of out there, perhaps it means that you might have to create it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time. 
And always remember that you can be purposeful and prosperous when you share a loving legacy with the world. Thank you.